You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning. Welcome to Great Pets Radio. Another edition. We are live this Sunday morning. I'm Dr. Jim McKiernan with Brian Kilcommons. Hey, Dr. Jim. Good morning. Good morning. We got a good show today. Lots of interesting topics. Um, this weekend, Brian, there was an event. Uh, I did not get an opportunity to go to. I don't think you did, but it's an event that took place at Peace International Trade Port called the Iron Dog Competition. And it's sponsored by the, uh, the police departments do it, but they invited general public to bring their dogs to participate. So what is it? Well, we're going to find out this morning. The event was occurred yesterday, and uh, they're going to call in a little bit and tell us how it all went. So that would be something that I could see you doing with your dogs. The iron dog. Oh, yeah, especially Wyatt, <laughs> the dog with no joints. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take him on a 10-mile hike. Uh, eight, eight, our, our phone number is 888-441-9876. If you have questions about the health and behavior of your pet, give us a call. Our first call this morning is going to get lunch at the Weathervane restaurant in Dover, New Hampshire, which is a pretty good place to eat. 1-888-441-9876. There you go, pal. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the Internet, and I'm, I see this PR news release. So some guy's opened a training company. He's trained three dogs. You know, this is just ridiculous. Well, you know, you've talked about that in the past, and you've talked about how even for those people that have come up with some standards or some qualifications, and you've talked about how an exam doesn't give you the ability to necessarily work with dogs. Well, I so can tell you how to bake a cake. I just can't bake one. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, it, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what the answer is, and I think that uh, it's, it's buyer beware for people. You know, when you hire a dog trainer. But I also think that people, dog owners who pay for a service, need to start holding people accountable. You know, if they're going to charge you money for this, at the end of it, if the dog isn't responding, yep. you don't buy this routine going, well, it's your fault. You know, as far as it's too easy of an out. Also, people need to ask, okay, how long have you been training? What's your experience? And how many dogs have you trained? With my novice trainers, the amateurs, they're not even capable until they have at least 100 dogs under their belts. Mm -hmm. And then they're going, oh, I didn't know you really needed to know so much. Most of our apprentices have worked two to three years before getting out where they're capable of charging and teaching people and dogs. Most of the people who I meet, and they'll talk about behavioral problems that they're experiencing with their dogs, and they'll tell me they worked with a trainer already. Yeah, I usually get the, when they work with four or five trainers. Right. So, so and, yeah, and now a lot of the times they'll mention they're working with a new trainer, whether it be you or somebody else, and I'll say, how did you find out about that person? And it's word of mouth. Well, this person told me, that person told me. So that's, that's, you know, that's how you got to do it. If you're going to pay money for this, you really need to look in what the background is and also expect results. You should, from the time you begin to the time you end, you should have a different dog. And if you're not getting that, you shouldn't be paying for it. Right. Well, three dogs, he's got a video out now, and what, hanging a shingle. And, and a book. And it, it's just really confusing, I think, for the general public. You know what I love? What they're getting... Go ahead. Well, well, what they're getting, and they're not getting yeah. what they pay for. I, what I love now is that I probably have four to six dog trainers 
who uh, I use, and I can actually pick the trainer I want based upon the dog's temperament or the problem that's going on. Because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, yeah. so I know that some trainers are better. I mean, with puppies. I, yeah, yeah. Than with problem dogs. Yeah, yeah. You know, so as far as doing that. So, uh, you know, for all the dog owners out there that have had trainers, are you happy with the service that you have? You know, do you think they could have done better? Do you think you got a square deal? Or was it just uh, a lot of money and uh, little results? Give us a call. one 441 9876 Or do you think you need a dog trainer? I mean, you talk to some people and they say, oh, no. you know, I, I grew up with dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I said, you grew up with cars, too. You don't know how to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brian, um, there was a, a, on the news this week on Fox, and I've gotten a number of calls on it, was this new flu influenza. You heard about that? Yeah, canine flu. Yeah. Yeah, I brought that up last week, yeah. if you remember. I do. Evidently not. I do. So, <laughs> sure enough, you brought it up, and I'm getting calls on it. And, they're, yeah, they're, and I think it's getting all of this press because of the swine flu, things like that. But, so I did a little bit of research into it, and I, the first thing I want to tell everybody is don't panic. The media is grabbing this. They're coming out with it. They're talking about it. It's been around since 2004, even probably before then. There have been pockets of infections and, you know, kind of well, outbreaks. We have flu every year. Yeah. Well, the difference part of this one is what, it started in, with greyhounds in 04, and they thought that the greyhounds may be something in the dust because they, they couldn't figure it out. And, um, but there is, what's different about it is that there's about a 5 to 8% mortality rate with it. So figure that one out. Now, you know, these are older dogs that have passed on as well, so their immune systems aren't right. the best. Very old and very young, just like in people. You got it. So, you know, I had, I had a number of people call me this week saying, you know, should, we, should I be vaccinating for it? I mean, should I? And let's face it, you want to do everything you can for your dog. And my advice to you people out there who have that question is, is no. The vaccine basically, all it does... Wait a minute, let me get this straight. You're a veterinarian. Yeah. People want vaccines. You're telling them no? Yep. You believe it? Uh, hey, listen. There are a lot of vaccines where I tell people no. Really? Yeah. So they think I'm vaccine happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you in business to make money if they no, want the I'm vaccine? Not. You give it to them. I'm not in the business to make money. I, I'm in a business to take care of pets, to practice the best medicine I know how. And whether that includes vaccines, which it does, in some in some cases, it does not. But so, I'm coming back with this one. You yeah. got me going. <laughs> when we come back from the break, what are questions people should ask their vets when they're suggesting vaccines? How many? Why? Where do people get information on what vaccines their dogs and cats should have? And also, are there problems with vaccines? Sometimes, yes. 888-441-9876. We'll be back. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host, Pia Silvani, teaches you step-by-step -step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. 
So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Headbanging music. Welcome back. I'm with uh, Dr. Jim McKiernan. I'm Brian Commons, and this is Great Pets Live. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. All right, give me the dirt on vaccinations. First, we'll do dogs, then we'll do cats. All right, well, can we, uh, can we just jump on this one first, though, on the, uh, the new flu one, because people have been asking about it. Um, the vaccine is only going to reduce, it's marketed to reduce the severity of signs and duration of coughing only. So it's not, it's really, it's not the best vaccine. So we're not, we're not doing it. That's it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so what questions do people need to ask when they go into their vet and they go, well, what about this canine flu vaccine? Yeah, exactly. I would ask. But, but, but the thing is, the media is stirring this up, Brian. I mean, it doesn't need to be, you know, that's, they're, they're doing it because of the swine flu that's out there, I think. Well, anything that fans the uh, flames of fear and disease, they'll be picking up on it. So, as far as doing this, it's... Uh, I heard something scary. It was on VIN, Veterinary Information Network. Someone um, used Advantage to uh, treat their dog before flying it. Yep. And, I saw that. And the dog got stuck to the plastic crate. And Bear Company came forth and said, you know what? You're right. It actually melts the plastic. <clears throat> they knew it. It benzol alcohol, whatever right. it was. And the, the poor dog was stuck to it. Right. Yeah. And they picked up the vet bills for They it. did. But, Much boy, that's going to make you think. And we're going to talk about that later in the show, too, about the number of reactions that we're seeing with these topical meds. Well, also, if you're traveling with your pets, you, you may want to talk to your vet and get a little bit more information. If they do need a topical, um, you may want to give it, you know, a couple of days before the yeah. dog has to be graded. Hey, yesterday there was an event called the Iron Dog in, in, uh, in Portsmouth. And we have on the phone with us uh, Sergeant Roy from the Barrington Police Department. Fill us in about how the event went yesterday. Good morning, Sergeant. Morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. Good morning. So tell us a little bit about the... Uh, it, it sounded interesting on the paper, so I, I wish I had attended, but tell us about this Iron Dog competition. Uh, basically, we've been doing it for years now. Um, it started just as law enforcement guys going up to Center Stratford to run. When we moved to Pease the first couple of years, again, it was still just law enforcement canine handlers. And then last year, we decided to open it up to the general public so they could come down and kind of run it with us, see what we do. Basically, just a good time. You know, this is a non-stress environment for us. We do our certifications. We do our competitions, our PD1s and PD2s. This is geared just to be a good time, have a good day out, 
have fun, get dirty, run the dogs. And now, is it, is it stressful for the dogs at all? No, not at all. No? It's just complete fun. Again, all it encompasses is, you know, just under a, a mile and a half jaunt through the woods. We have the agility course down at Pease we incorporate into it hurdles, low crawl, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We set up a couple low crawls in the woods. Uh, one this year was dry. Normally it's full of water. But, no, all stuff the dogs are used to, you know, good time, no stress for the dogs. Well, maybe a little stress for the handler if they don't like doing the PT and the crawling and whatnot. But. <laughs> so how did Barrington fare on this one? Uh, Barrington didn't run this year. No. Um, it was my course. I set it up. So, you know, ethically, not real fair for me to compete. That and my, my canine's almost 10 years old, so I left him at home to spend a good day at home this week rather than bring him down and run the course with me. We've done it every year up till this year. You know, I don't know, Sergeant. It sounds like, you know, with the World Cup soccer, you know, the, the hosting team always it gets in. They have a bye, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, last year we had last year we had close to, I was in the 40s, um, and when you're running the event, to me, it's not real fair to leave the dog in the car all day while you're trying to run the event. So I figured we were going to have about that many people, so I took the safe road. And well, we had less I could have, but you know, I shorted my dog this year, I guess. Well, tell us how important these dogs are to what you do every day to protect citizens. I mean, how, impo- how integral are these dogs? Our canines, well, again, I'm biased being a canine handler. Yeah. You'll never put a number on the amount of crimes that are stopped because of a dog in the area. The sheer presence of a patrol dog driving down the road barking in the back of the car will deter crime. They'll move on to places where there are no dogs. Um, that's just from a criminal perspective. Yep. Um, from a point of search and rescue, you know, Nancy Lyons has her dogs. We're a little bit different, obviously. But if you can get a good tracking dog in the woods, if we have a lost child, uh, a lost Alzheimer's patient, something to that effect, we can save a lot of cost and time. You know, one dog is worth its weight in gold in that routine. So, you know, ask the one parent who has a lost three-year-old what our dogs are worth, and you'll probably get a pretty good understanding. Um, from a safety standpoint, um, you know, obviously it's safer for my dog to go into a place looking for a bad guy than it is for me. If he's laying in ambush, my dog can find him a lot easier than I can well, or one of my guys. Sergeant, you were saying that your guy is 10 years old now. So he's going to retire in your home? Oh, yes, yes. Our dogs are ours. Um, he's just shy of 10. I'm hoping that I can get a little more time out of him. He's still doing well. He's healthy. He's, he loves what he's doing. But, yeah, when he's done, he'll stay right here with me. He'll, he'll so, get to hang out and be a pet and, you know, play with my boy. What do these dogs cost? <sighs> the, big variable there. Um, fully trained dog right now, if I went out looking... Sixty-five hundred to seventy-five hundred dollars. Okay. Young dog, semi-green. I can probably put my hands on for about three thousand. Right, but then it's a lot of timing uh, as far as training on your end. Absolutely, Which we're down at the Pease Academy every Monday. All of us are putting in our time. That's just the standard training. I'm working every day with my dog. Tell us about the academy a little bit, Sergeant. Uh, the New Hampshire Canine Academy was established years ago, before my time in law enforcement. Uh, Chief Furland was one of the driving forces behind it. Now we have approximately 36 teams that train with us, Um, mostly New Hampshire. We have a handful from Maine and a few from Massachusetts from as far away as I think Methuen is our most southern team. 
and now they'll probably crucify me, but I think right now that Sanford is our most normal northern team, Sanford, Maine. Yeah, I want to bring up a point, Sergeant. $7,500 for a dog is a lot of money. Yes, it is. Um, what do you get? What is the return on investment here? So people understand when they hear 7500 they go, whoa, that's a lot. Well, you're talking that from a vendor. Um, not every dog is a police dog, yeah. and that's you know the big misconception that we just go out find the meanest junkyard dog that we can and put it in the back of the car. <laughs> Those days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You our, must appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Our, our dogs now, we, we want to be able to show the public that they'll interact. Um, I'm going to pick one out of a hat that's made the paper a lot lately. Canine Fina from Rochester. Mm -hmm. You know, Canine Fina does an excellent job tracking, excellent drug dog. That dog can walk up to any child and it's fine. We want the public to be able to approach our dogs. For $7,500, we're getting a well-socialized dog, a dog that's environmentally safe. And balanced in temperament. Exactly. Uh, which is the, always the big deal with getting a, a stable dog. Bingo. But the other thing is when you're doing search and rescue, I want to talk about where, where people really can get an understanding of what, when you have a canine, what they're saving the community, not just what they're paying for. We're going to discuss that when we come back. Would you, do you mind holding, Sergeant? I do not mind at all, sir. Great. We'll be talking to you when we get back. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets. We're talking police canines. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. <gasps> on your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Great Pets Live. I'm from the Barrington Police Department, and we're talking canines and just how much they help our communities and especially our police forces. So, um, Sergeant Roy, when we were uh, talking off air as far as where you get your dogs, do you think most people understand that this is a very specific type of dog that you need? I don't think so. Um, and again, it's 
due to nothing from them, but I think they think that we can pull any dog off the street and put her in a cruiser. Fact is that we're looking for a lot of certain drives. You know, we're looking for that excellent hunt drive. Give me a dog that's got a good hunt drive. Neil, it'll chase a ball all day long, and all, I'll, be, I'll give you a dump dog all day long. Also known as prey drive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, looking for a dog, good defense drive. Obviously, in patrol work specifically, not so much for a dope dog. But we want the dog that's confident, that's not going to back off. Um, and in fact, ultimately, it's going to take the fight to the aggressor. That dog that's going to wrap itself up and is going to go after the bad guy and bring him home for me. Does every police department have a dog? No. Um, I'm just going to speak for Stratford County because that's the one I'm familiar with the most. We've got a couple in northern Stratford, uh, Farmington and Middle. Oh, okay. Um, Barrington right now does. Dover has a single drug dog, and Rochester has a single drug dog. So if there was a missing child in a town that didn't have a dog, uh, do you guys have some communication network set up to say, I, you know, we need that dog here? Absolutely. Um, uh, we're going to roll as many dogs as we can. Uh, for instance, Portsmouth recently had a runaway from the hospital. They called Rochester. They called John Usher, our head trainer, who is a deputy sheriff, and they called me. Uh, they wound up have he came out before we all got there, but we're good working together like that. We'll also tap the state police. I got called the UNH two weeks ago for a potential suicidal subject in College Woods. I called as far away as Alton and also had the state police come. There were four dogs there that night. We oh. network well and work well together. Oh, that's, that's, that's a peace of mind. When we were off air, we were talking about the website workingdogs.org. Now, what is that? The workingdog.org is our home webpage for the Working Dog Foundation. For New Hampshire canines? Uh, New Hampshire, Mass, and Maine, yes, sir. Okay. Um, we are a nonprofit organization built specifically for helping canine programs. Uh, when I started my program in Barrington, obviously we're a small town and we don't want to burden the taxpayers with a startup. That's what the Working Dog Foundation is there for. If there's a need, these agencies can come to the Working Dog Foundation, apply for a grant, and hopefully get their program off the ground and start it. All right, and so all that money comes from the general public. So it, it, can you specifically donate to either a town or a state? with that organization or does it go to all three states it goes pretty much into a general fund if you know somebody comes out and says listen my town needs a dog they're going to be applying for a grant and i want this money to go to that town we can help facilitate that as well we've done it in the past and we'll continue to do so okay so they can earmark that it can be yes sir okay so your dogs are costing a fully trained dog seventy five hundred dollars now, these dogs do a lot of different behaviors. You're talking about drug dogs, bomb dogs, um, tracking dogs for search and rescue, and then protection dogs or what most people see as canines going after the bad guys. Correct. The classic, quote-unquote, police dog. Let me ask you something with this because I always find this amusing because we have a natural instinct that if an animal attacks us, kind of our adrenals explode. Have you encountered where if somebody's running away, you're saying, okay, I can either shoot you or I can let the dog go. I'm going to let the dog go. What has more impact on the people? The dog. Um, <laughs> the, the fact remains, like you said, there's that natural fear. We, it's the one tool we can recall, but it's the one tool that people understand. People that haven't experienced it can't tell you what it feels like to get pepper sprayed in the eyes. Generally, they can't tell you what it feels like to get struck by a baton. Most people, when they're little kids or whatnot, have been bit 
and it scares them, and that's a huge deterrent. Oh, I, I've done sleeve work. People have no idea how strong these dogs are. Yeah, you put that barking dog in the back of a cruiser, people don't want to run, people don't want to fight. They'll run on the guys that don't have the dog in the back of the car, but since I've had a dog... Nobody takes off on a motor vehicle stop anymore because they know they can't outrun the beast. Oh. <laughs> hey, with the Iron Dog Challenge, what what did you find the most challenging for people? Controlling their dogs, dogs doing different exercises, the physical um, exertion, what? Um, we have a five-and-a-half-foot wall set up on the course. That seemed to be the big factor for a lot of people, um, getting the dog up and over that wall. The do some of the dogs weren't used to it. Some of the people weren't used to it. That seemed to be the big one. Normally, we have a, a low crawl set up through a swampy swale area that's filled with water. Normally, that's the big one because people don't want to get down in the mud and go through. The dogs, you know dogs, they don't care. They're having fun. They'll go over whatever you want them to go over if you help them out. It's the people that are the limiting factor. Right. And, and saying it's okay, honey. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to go over the wall. Mommy loves you. We'll help you over. We'll get you there. <laughs> so so it's workingdogs.org uh, is the main not-for-profit organization that if people want to donate for canines or bomb dogs or search and rescue dogs, this is the place to go. That's correct. Go to workingdog.org. We have everything right there. If they want to do a vest-type program, we've got a vest program on the website to outfit our police canines with bulletproof vests. Everything's right there. If you have any questions about it, call one of us. Yeah, uh, when, when dogs, you know, when they're needed to take down a suspect or somebody who's armed, have there been any research on how well those vests perform? There has been. I don't have all the figures right in front of me. Um, again, the, the vests are built to the same standards as our police vests in a lot of cases. So if they go to shoot the dog or stab the dog, it'll really protect the dog? Some are both. There are stab and bullet-resistant vests. Some are ju The vest I have in my trunk right now is bullet-resistant. Resist I'm hoping to replace that with an upgraded model because I think, honestly, the bigger danger is a knife in a close-contact situation. What are, these, what are these vest costs? Uh, at last check, and you're gonna you're calling me out here, and I don't know exactly. Just rough. Right in the one thousand dollar area, if I remember correctly, for a good vest. Okay, so a thousand dollars for a vest that's protecting a dog that not only is seventy five hundred dollars, but more importantly, can save your life. Well, if you want to talk to seventy five hundred, that's the baseline figure. I had my dog for six plus years now. If you want me to assign a value to him after all the training, I'd put that close to twenty grand. Honestly. Okay. If that, you figure man hours and time, man. Oh, if anybody understands it, I do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's priceless to me, but if I had to assign a dollar value, you'd be up in the 20 grand area. And when most, most of these dogs retire, as you said, they retire with the handler? Yes. Around here, I've never known a dog that didn't retire to its handler. You know, I, I've been at public events, and I've seen kids and parents say, they'll walk up to the state policeman that's there or whatever and say, can I pet your dog? These, these aren't pets. No. They're not. These are working dogs, you know? I mean, they, they, they're not pets, but, but they can be with you when you're all done because this dog loves you and you know this dog. Well, e even then, my dog is my family dog. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old boy, and he can play fine with that dog. He has to understand the limitations. People also have to understand that our dogs don't get anything for free. As harsh as that sounds, my dog is still a working dog. If he wants something at home... He's going to do something for it, even if it's simple as a sit 
or down. Yeah, but oh, no, no, no we understand uh, that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sergeant Roy, we're, we're speaking the same language here. You know, as far as <clears throat> you're maintaining the training. Correct. And I think if more people did that with their dogs, besides giving treats, toys, or, or affection, they had the dog do something for it. And if you say it, make it happen. And then reward the dog. You get much better behavior. Correct. So that doesn't. Yeah. That sounds balanced to me. It doesn't sound like it's not nice. Well, you and I are on the same page. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people agree with us. Well, that's one of the reasons we have the show. So well, we're going to have a new website up. You're going to be on our links, and we're going to be talking about you know some of the needs for the working uh, dog found organization. Excellent. And hopefully, getting some support for your vests, and also as the dogs come around. We're going to see if we can help you getting uh, your new dog when your 10-year-old guy is ready to retire. Thank you, gentlemen. And certainly, if you need anything from us or you need conversation with us, let us know. We'll All do right. what we can for you. You've been a great interview. We're going to be talking about this again, Sergeant Roy. You'll hear from us. Thanks so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care. Have a good day, sir. You have questions, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. It's Dr. Jim McKiernan with Brian Kilcommons. We're wrapping up our hour of Great Pets Radio. Our number again is 1-888-441-9876. Uh, great interview from Sergeant uh, Roy. Uh, interesting stuff with what he does. And boy, I'll tell you, um, for, a, for a small period of time, years back, I, had, I was out in my backyard with my son. And, you know, we were throwing, like clearing the, the trees out and stuff like that. I turned around. He decided to take a walk, just just like that. So I got him really quick. But I mean, actually, what he did, he ended up playing hide and seek in the house. So I went in the house, I saw his boots, I knew he was in there. But what went through my head it was a tracking dog. So to hear that story, how, how important they are, it's a good thing. Yeah, and to learn more about the work uh, that the local police departments are doing with canines, go to workingdogs.org. They could use some donations not only for the vests, but also as dogs age, they need to be replaced. And getting good dogs is not that easy, so they seems like they have a good source. Yeah, and it seems like they know what he, know what he was talking uh, about. Pets can have a reaction to topical flea medication. That's an understatement. Sure is. 
Yeah. You know how prevalent that is right now? What's going on, Dr. Jim? Oh, we're seeing it like crazy. I mean, uh, well, crazy to me is probably well, almost one a week. The emergency clinic is, last time I talked with them, is seeing about one a week. There has been a slew, I think the number in uh, last year, there were like 45,000 cases right. or something. Mm -hmm. 44,000 complaints about them last year. Yeah. But it's a bigger problem this year. I, the majority, if not the, the vast majority, from my understanding, is the over-the-counter products. Right. So oh, over-the-counter is not the stuff that your veterinarians sell. Correct. Mean, All right. Meaning, which, which means people do not save a couple of bucks and buy over-the-counter stuff. Yep. That means grocery stores and different areas. You really need to pay attention to this. Um, dogs and cats are getting sick from well, the, this. They're being poisoned. Well, the problem with the cats is that the people people out there are giving the dog-only formula to cats. So these cats are seizuring like crazy, you know? Yeah, and then with the dogs, it, where I had, the one I had this week, I think it was a Sergeant's Plus something Hearts, but this this guy was like shaking and quivering, and you know had tremors going, and it was scratching like crazy, and uh, so we're seeing a lot. And if your dog does experience something like that, we provide a website for you to report it to the EPA because right now they're 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 cracking down. Well, the EPA also, uh, if you go to EPA.gov pesticides. All right, they're going to have a listing of all the different pesticides as far as the spot-ons or the topicals that they're having problems with. So you can start targeting the, the products that your dogs and cats are having a reaction to. You know, not only not using dog uh, topicals on cats, right. but where you place them on your animals so they can't lick them and get at them. But there are stuff that, that just isn't, they're not good products. No, and you know, Frontline, which is our, the one that we carry and the one we sell the most, is not one of the major offenders. So let's be very clear about that. We don't, we have not seen reactions, you know, to a large degree with that product. That's okay. the one, Frontline. That's the one we continue to sell. Muriel makes it. We're comfortable with that. But, you know, I mean, everybody's trying to save a couple of bucks. You know, you go out to the store, and if it's $12 for a vial of, of Frontline, and you can get it for a five at an, an unknown an unnamed pet store, then why Pen not? Pennywise pound foolish. Because Got at it. this point, you're risking the, the life of your animal. Also, if it does have a reaction, you have to go to the vet. You got it. All right. It's any money that you save is going to be wiped out and then some having to treat the animal for seizures afterwards. So in this case, folks, you know, at least for us, the only place we're buying our topical medications for fleas and ticks is from you. Right. From the vets. You know? And if it wasn't from you, it would be another veterinarian. Stick with your vets on this, people. Listen to this because there are a lot of animals that are going down. So you need to stick to the flea and tick products that your veterinarian sells, not over the counter. You know, and it's not that, you know, it's, it's not a major profit center for veterinary practices. This, I mean, it's a very small thing of what we do. And I know you can find some of these products online, but I'm telling you, Brian, you got to be careful with what you get online because you just can't be assured it's the drug that you need. I'm not taking the chance with our guys. I'm not taking the chance either. No. You know, I had a conversation with a woman about heartworm prevention. Now, that's a big thing. That is a big thing that we want to, you know, make sure we nail. And the, the stakes are way too high. And so for what you could save online, and I think it was $1.24 a month, you know, because they buy such quantity, you know. Right. That, you know, I said to the woman, is it, for $1.24 a month, is it, you know, is it worth it to have that peace of mind knowing that, you know, that the medicine is the medicine that's being prescribed? And she said, absolutely. 
That was a dollar twenty-four. So, so that big dollar twenty-four question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out there, so it is a thing. So buy. So be careful. Uh, I, my advice to you is is buy your flea and trick control from your veterinarian. So yeah. to avoid some of these reactions. And um, you saw that new show, Rescue Inc. Yeah, yeah, they're coming on. Yeah, I, I'm loving it. I know they know you. Yeah, the Rescue Inc. For, uh, they're going to be on, I think, in two weeks. But if you, if you've been watching TV, they're advertising it. Um, it's an organization out of New York that is on the National Geographic Channel. Yeah, what, what do they call that? Nat Geo or something now? Yep. Yeah, and it's a group of individuals. Oh, but it's a group of bikers. Yeah. You know, they look like a nightmare walking at you. Right. And all of the them tattoos, low-lighter yeah. hollies. They're for the dogs and for the cats and stopping cruelty. So, they're, you know, they're walking up to a house knocking on the door for somebody who's, who's doing stuff wrong. And they're putting the fear of God into them. The fear of God is just from looking at these guys because they look like they break you in two. Right. But you know what? They're doing what's right. I love the show. And it's a nonprofit. So, anyways, I did have conversations with their marketing department, and these guys are out straight. I mean, they are just busy, busy, busy. Yeah, they, and They love our, our book, Good Owners, Great Dogs. They do. They mentioned that. So, uh, we'll have to remember, next week we won't have you on the show, but the week after that, I believe they'll be Next on. week, I'm going to a training uh, seminar out in California, and then I am doing some seminars up in Kelowna, Canada. Where is Kelowna, Canada. Uh, about two hours north of Seattle. Oh, okay. So, nice little city. Not a big one, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and playing with dogs and people is always good. Well, we're going to be talking next week. We're going to have, um, uh, you know, I had a neglect abuse case this week, and it really didn't hit me well. It just, it's just, it's just sad. This was a real deal. I mean, this dog was so malnourished, and it was just, it was tough. Anyways, next week we're going to have on the show uh, Steve Sproul. Now, Steve Sproul is the... Uh, Cruelty investigator for the New Hampshire SPCA. You got it. Yeah. So he is the, you know, he's the guy that if you think there's a neglect case or an abuse case, you call, he's the man who'll come out to your house. So what's the standing with this dog that was brought in on abuse? Well, right now it's about getting, my job is to do an evaluation, which I've done, and getting this dog healthy and back up to speed, which, I, which we're doing as what we speak. What kind of dog is it? Oh, it was a small little, like, rat terrier, kind of beagle-ish kind of thing. Ooh. But it was so malnourished, its bones were all, like, it was just not good. So, um, we, you know, we'll get it back. And the, you know, the interesting thing, too, is that the dog was presented as a, a bit twice. And I, and I saw this thing, and I called it out of the cage, and it came out. And I'm telling you, Brian, it came right out, and it put its head right on my shoulder because I was leaning on the table. Oh, I know, almost to say, like great. tears to your eyes. Seriously, well, it did. So, you know, we're going to talk next week about what is, what are, you know, what are the most common things when we talk about abuse and what, what is neglect when people, because he gets calls all the time. I mean, he's going out to places investigating to say, okay, I've got a call about this and that. So hopefully he's going to teach us a little bit about, about that. Well, with winter coming, people still, you know, don't understand what they need as far as if they're leaving the dog outside, which I don't agree with. But if they do, what shelter they need and then food and water, especially with it freezing. And one of the bigger challenges now are horses. Huge. You know, what, what happened is they passed the uh, Horse Slaughter Act, which closed down all the um, slaughter houses for horses. And this is known as unintended consequences. We now don't have any place to put all these horses. And because of the economy, people can't afford to keep them. So a lot of them are being let loose all over the country, and they're starving to death. In New Hampshire, where we are, there's an organization in Epping, 
it's a nonprofit who you know they take in horses they right now as of last week have 16 horses they're looking for homes for and that's a lot of hay <laughs> you own horses oh yeah so they have and 16 horses. Hey, hay is, one, it was a bad cut because of the wet season, so it's not that great of hay, so you have to supplement. Um, and they're expensive to have. They are. I don't know what the answer is on that, but I can tell you this, that there's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a growing concern because oh. they're, they're getting too many horses. Let's talk to the people in Epping and see if uh, we can get some people to help there. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, yes. Epping, New Hampshire, and, and you know, all nice people put in a lot of work. Anyways, a um, couple of other things, Brian. I got uh, my about. fave here. What's that? What? Banning snakes in the pet trade. Well, it's interesting. You know, you hear about snakes and had these huge snakes in Florida, and now they're in the Everglades because people are just saying, "Well, let's get rid of them. They're too big," and they just toss them into the, the Everglades, and they're becoming. No, what, what, what's going to happen is this: what it can be called the Franken snake. Right, there's what is known, you know, I've been to Africa four different times. There's a python there called the rock python. You know, on an aggression level of one to ten, they're like a one. I mean, they're serious. They're not nice snakes. What they're worried about is they're going to be breeding with the Burmese pythons. Now, the rock python is a smaller snake. The Burmese can get up to 20 feet. So you get a large snake with a major attitude. It is going to be changing things. Now, they're trying to ban the sale of snakes. And uh, there's a guy named Marshall Myers who works for PJAC. You only hear Marshall sometimes in quotes because his job is to make sure they don't restrain the pet trade at all. And, of course, he doesn't want this passed. Right. And the thing is, is we need to look at what's going on with the environment with these snakes. Why don't we go over the list of the snakes? Yeah, I mean, if you have an anaconda, they will allow that, but you have to. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to get a permit by October first, two thousand ten. Now, this is just a proposed ban by a senator, Eleanor Sobel, but the species in question are the Burmese or Indian python. That's one you were referring to, right. and that seems to be the, the popular culprit here. The reticulated python. It's funny you should mention it. African rock python. Yep. The scrub python, the anaconda, and the Nile monitor. Oh, right. those are something else. Right. Well, think of a small Komodo dragon. Basically, that's what, what it is as far as it's a very aggressive reptile. The thing is, what I don't think people understand, Dr. Jim, is that once these are released into the environment, they have no natural predators. So they're going to breed, and they're going to be wiping out all the natural wildlife. Right. You know, so as far as putting a stop to this, and, you know, I love pets. I don't see the need to own an anaconda or a rock python or a Burmese python. You know, they, they're not soft and cuddly. Mm -hmm. by any means. And where do we stop the impact that these species have on environment versus the pet trade? So. Well, I mean, they have people going into the Everglades right now, and I'll tell you what, you will not find Jim McCarran a part of that group. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. I'd love to see him. They, a bunch of uh, puppetologists are going in capturing the Burmese pythons. Yeah. I want to see if I can get some footage yeah, of that. I, I got your back, Brian. Yeah, okay. Yeah, from New Hampshire. So, as far as doing this, um, and the herpetologists going out there, you got to give them credit. It's not an easy job. And unfortunately, it's a not good use of resources. All right, we're going to go to break. You listen to Great Pets Radio. It's 888-441-9876, and we'll be back. Hello. 
I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're with uh, Dr. Jim McKiernan. I'm Brian Kilcommons. Great Pets Live. Okay, had a client that got two poodle puppies, same litter. They really didn't uh, look at what they were getting involved with. Anyway, we have the poodles. We're placing them, but there's cataracts in the, their eyes. Okay. So what do I tell people, you know, that we're placing them with? Uh, puppies? Yeah, six months old. Yeah, there's something called juvenile cataracts, Brian, that uh, puppies can get that they can, um, you know, that would do resolve on their own. They do. Yeah. So what I would tell them is to, uh, you know, there are veterinary ophthalmologists out there. Just um, find it, you know, go to one and they'll give you a good uh, Does Dr. Garrett, a veterinary emergency clinic, have an ophthalmologist? No, nope, nope, they don't. Uh, Dr. Casotis in the Seacoast is, a, is an excellent ophthalmologist. But, uh, again, juvenile, some of them can resorb. So that's the, the one time that we say, okay, we got a shot, you know. Is there any way to differentiate? If they're juvenile cataracts or if it's going to be more serious? We just talk about the age. At that age, we can talk about it. We can label it as such, and perhaps it will get better. But, yeah. Okay. Hey, we got Karen on the line for Kachiko. Karen, you there? Yeah, hello. Hey, hey we're wrapping up the show. We've got about a minute and a half. So, oh, no uh, Tell us what you got for us today. A perfect coon hound. She's two years old. That, um, that's an oxymoron. Yeah, is come it? on. She is. Oh, give me a break, Karen. <laughs> a perfect coon hound. This is Karen Fogarty, who manages the, uh, the Kachiko Valley Humane Society. Every week she does call in and tell us a pet that has tickled her fancy, and we got a coon hound. She's perfect because she doesn't act like a coon hound. Well, the frontal <laughs> lobotomy helps. Um, you know, they, they kind of go on autopilot. Well, I'm working with the volunteers today, so I'm going to take a okay, look at perfect. her. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. What, what do you like about her, Karen? She's just a really easy, even-keeled dog. Nice. Very happy to be around everything. How old? About two. And what's her name? Millie. Millie. And so if somebody wants to take a look at Millie, what do they do? Just come on down and meet her. And here you got a uh, telephone number? or 749-5322. All right. So if you want to take a look at Millie. And we're going to be working with Millie this afternoon. There's a great group at the, the Cochico Valley where we've trained, I trained them to do uh, training for the shelter dogs, which makes a big difference in their lives. It absolutely does. Uh, okay, and he's coming up to look at Millie. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> get, get her trained quick. I know. We're gonna go get some treats out now. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Karen. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Karen. Right. See you later. <laughs> you know, we have had a really good response from people who have, when she comes on, because Karen knows dogs. And when she comes out and says, she, I like this dog, usually you got a good placement. Uh, Karen does a great job. Yeah. She's terrific. She's the manager at Cochico Valley Humane Society. Great place to get a pet. And we'll be back next week um, with great pets. Dr. Jim will be solo. 
because I'm going to California and Canada. So uh, you're going to be covering the ship and have a good time with uh, the cruelty investigator from New Hampshire SPCA. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We want to thank Sergeant Rob, uh, uh, Sergeant Roy from the Barrington Police Department for calling in. And uh, everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you next and week. Don't forget to go to workingdog.org. To the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk here. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.